I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. Well, we're moving along through this incredible psalm, and now we come to the 17th letter of the Hebrew alphabet in this acrostic uh, psalm using all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And so the next time we'll be in 20, just leaves us a few more left to get to 22. But boy, as we get towards the end here, this section is rich. In fact, I've entitled this the precious word of God. The word of God is so precious because it reveals the living word of God. And just by way of introduction, the psalmist here is going to tell us that the word of God in verse 129 is wonderful. In verse 130, it's life-giving. In verse 131, it's longed for. In verse 132, it's merciful. In verse 133, it's ordering. In verse number 134, it's delivering. In verse 135, it's face-changing. And in verse 136, it is convicting. We see all kinds of wonderful things that the Word of God is. What an incredible, credible section this is. It's powerful. When we look at the first three verses of this section, 129 through 131, we really get a real powerful glimpse of the preciousness of the Word. He starts out by saying, the testim- Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore doth my soul keep them. Now think about this. Your testimonies, where you have given through your word the record. Your word has the record and the witness. And your word is that which I am giving. That's my testimony as I'm reflecting your word. And your testimonies are wonderful, marvelous, miraculous, It is something that is extremely extraordinary. Amen and amen and amen. The Bible has a lot to say about the Bible. And when we look at Paul dealing again with Timothy in the last days, he starts off in chapter 3. We're getting close to the end of the book. By chapter 4, he's charging Timothy to preach because he's fixing to die. But He starts off with the perilous times that shall come in verses 1 through uh, 7. But then he comes and he shows him that 
Thou hast fully, Timothy, you have fully known my doctrine. You know where I stood doctrinally. You know my manner of life. You know what my testimony was, my purpose. You knew my faith. You knew my long suffering and my charity and patience. You knew the persecutions and afflictions which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. That's sad. But seducing people and evil people, they're not getting better. They are getting worse despite what people say. And it says here, deceiving and being deceived. They're deceiving while they themselves are deceived. But, Timothy, listen to me, Paul says, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. The things that you now have a hold of, that you've gotten hold of, you understand from the word of God and has been assured of. You know it's trustworthy, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, knowing completely and fully well. Then he says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which were able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ. All scripture, every bit of it is given by inspiration of God. God breathed and is profitable. It's profitable for doctrine. That's positive. For reproof, that's negative. For correction, that's negative. For instruction in righteousness, that's positive. And it's all given for all that, that the purpose, the man of God may be perfect, complete, mature, thoroughly furnished, completely equipped unto all good works. The Thy testimonies, they are wonderful. There's something about Scripture. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know what he's saying here? He's saying that your word in these first three verses, uh, your word is life-changing. Your, your word has totally changed my life. By the way, it is life-changing. When you, when you read the word or you heard the word and the Spirit of God convicted you that you were lost, that's not only life-changing, it was destiny-changing. It changed your life here because Christ is in you, the Holy Spirit's in you, and the Father's in you. All three are attested to as being in us, and they're three and one and one and three, so you know you have them. Then it, he started directing your life through the Word of God, through the preaching of the Word of God, through your being discipled, and guess what? You started growing and growing and growing. But it became more and more life-changing. But it changed where you'll go when you die. It became destiny-changing. Yeah, it changed everything. And that light shone, and that light showed you what you needed to have in Christ. And then the light shines to show you what you need to clean up and get right in Christ. And he said, therefore, because your record is true and I know it's true, therefore doth my soul keep them. Once again, I have got a guard around your word, around your testimonies, around your statutes. We've seen all those words used with the word keep. Because he wants more than anything to keep the word of God. Then he says, the entrance of thy words giveth light. If you want to wake up to the truth, if you want to understand and have light shine on this world and how to live in it, the entrance of thy words giveth light. When you speak, Lord, 
your word, which we have the word of God in our hand, when we read and he speaks to our heart from that Bible through the very context of what it says. And by the way, people say, well, you know, I read the Bible, but I don't understand it. It's kind of interesting. Mark Twain, uh, who was also, that was his pen name. His real name was Samuel Longhorns Clemens. He made this statement. It's not the verses of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the ones I do. And people like to make that comment because there is so much that that Bible says that is convicting, and they don't want anyone telling you what they can and cannot do. But here's the bottom line. God is not a mean God. His word shows that he loves us and that he cares for us. He's not going to tell us not to do something just because he doesn't want us to do it. He knows there's a consequence or there's a bad situation that's going to come from it. It's going to lead into problems. And so what he's saying is, I will help you live your life because the entrance of thy words, the psalmist says, giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. The idea of that verse is very simple, that those people who are less able to understand, naive concerning things in life, they don't have the experience of things, they lack insight they're not maybe that uh on the the same level grade level or reading level he says doesn't matter when it comes to the word of god he makes sure that that light comes on and it will bring total understanding to the simple so when his light comes on it removes the dark barrier it uncovers all the words and it totally giveth light it illuminates and it's in the hiffle stem. The entrance of your words causes light, and that causes understanding, even to people who don't have the same capacities. God is no respecter of persons. The Bible is life-changing. Therefore, your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul doth keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, It giveth understanding unto the simple. Amen. Now look, the preciousness of the word of God. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Wow, this is incredible. I opened my mouth wide open, and I panted. The idea of panting is to inhale eagerly it has the idea to desire to long for in the figurative sense i long for this i am really wanting this so he said i opened my mouth and panted for i longed and he uses that word there which means to have an intense desire wanting this for everything that it is worth we need to get into that word and absolutely remind ourselves, the Bible says, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Remember when Paul went to the Thessalonians and then he went down into Berea and he talked about the Bereans and he said, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether these things were so. What about that? They wanted the word of God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, 
but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. It is effectual. It is effective. The word of God is effective. In fact, the word of God is quick. That means it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It can go where a doctor cannot go in surgery. It can discern and divide between the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner, this word of God, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It gets right into the heart of the matter. It gets right into the thoughts of the, the word of God will meddle with your thoughts and that which you have in your heart. Joshua made it clear. We've said this many times in this series. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous then thou shalt have good success psalm 1 1 says blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in this law doth he meditate day and night he is longing for the word of god he is pleading for the word of God. He wants that word of God to be exactly what his life is all about. My friend, how are you panting after the word of God? Over in Psalm 42, the Bible says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now, the heart is the deer. He said, listen, as he pants after those water brooks, that's the way I pant after thee, O God. I thirst for thee. Well, how are you going to get that thirst and that panting quenched and satisfied? Because you're going to long for his commandments. He said, I want to know him, the entrance of his words, the testimonies that you're going to keep. Those things have encompassed the preciousness of the word. And we're going to see more things that make it precious. But we are also going to see what he's doing in these verses. In Psalm uh, 132, he is not only saying the word of God will bring that mercy, but he is praying for that mercy. In fact, this is one of the four verses that does not have a synonym for the word of God. I've not pointed the other ones out, but this is one. It says, look thou upon me and be merciful unto me as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. He says, will you look upon me? And when you do, will you be merciful and show me that great mercy and favor that you do as it's your way to do to those that love you? You know, the way you said you would, would you do that? Amen. That's, that, that's kind of where he's at when he says that. Now, when we look at this, we're also looking at the fact he said, when you look upon me, be merciful. In wrath, remember mercy is what Habakkuk said. Oh, Lord, I heard, I saw, I, I get what you're saying now. Oh, my goodness, it's bad. You are going to revenge these Chaldeans. Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. There's a lot of times the Bible talks about mercy. There's one psalm where it paints a picture of what Israel's uh, history, and it says, after end of each verse, for his mercy endureth 
forever. He is praying for God to be merciful. In other words, he wants to make sure that he stays humble so that God can be merciful. He wants to make sure he's staying in the word so that he can become uh, under God's mercy and to see God's loving kindness and his tenderness to him. He wanted his help. He needed his help. He did not want to do it on his own. He needed the word of God. And we need to go up like the, the songwriter said, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. And the truth is, every second of every minute of every hour of every day, we need the Lord. We need him in our lives. We need him to guide us, direct us, strengthen us, show us, and, and, and help us, and that we might be able through the scriptures to have that which will get us through the day and keep us comforted in days that change at a split second's notice. A phone call, a knock on the door, an interruption on the news that something as bad has happened, and it all changes. And the Bible makes it very, very, very clear that what some of the things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Think about that. He has given us the comfort of the Scriptures that we can have that confident expectation of what God has said. And then he says this, and I love this verse in 1 John chapter 1, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Thank God for full joy. Well, then we go to the next two verses where he says your word orders my life and your word delivers me. And we see here that his pilot me in the word. He says to the, there's the preciousness of the word. There's the prayer for mercy. Now he's saying, pilot me in the word. And the word pilot there would be to guide. And this is what these two verses are all about. It's about guiding and guidance. He says, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. What an incredible prayer or however he said this. I mean, that is incredible. And again, when he says, order my steps, he's saying, cause it to be in the imperative. Make it happen. And he says, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Don't cause it to happen. I don't want that to happen. Yes, I want you to cause my steps to be ordered, but let not the negating any iniquity let it not have any cause anything to have it get over me. I don't want anything over me. So I'm asking you, Lord, to order my steps, to establish them, to set them up, make them firm, and make it so I just keep on keeping on my steps in thy word. For the steps of a good man are ordered in the Lord, and he delighteth in them. The psalmist also said, in the word of God, take my steps. And then let not any iniquity, evil, wickedness, sinfulness, unrighteousness have dominion, have power, rule. Get overcharged and get in the top of your life and start ruling your life. Do not let that happen. I don't want any iniquity or sin dominating me. I don't want anything like that keeping me from having my steps ordered by you. I want that light and that lamp on my path and 
my feet to continue to shine so I can take every step in full assurance and confidence without anything lording over me, that which is absolutely going to hurt me and destroy me. He wants his steps to be ordered. But then he says, deliver me from the oppression of man. So will I keep thy precepts. He said, your, your word is a delivering factor, so deliver me. And again, when we look at this, we see the imperative. When he says, deliver me, he is saying, will you take me out of this? Will you release me from this? It even has the idea of, will you ransom me from the oppression of man? Keep me from this uh, cruel, distressing, pressing in on me, defrauding, all these things that man would do. So will I keep thy precepts. I will guard the very principles of the word of God. Deliver me from man, the oppression, and let me keep on keeping on. I want to keep on keeping on. I do not want to have any of these things. I don't want the iniquity in me. That's why thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I'm going to clean up. That's why he said, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. There it is. That's what he wants, and that's what he's asking for. Then the last two, we see here the face-changingness of the word of God and the convictingness of the word of God. But what he's asking for here in these two verses is to have the presence of the living word that the word which he is reading will give him the uh, word that is alive. Now watch this because I love this verse. Psalm uh, 119, 135. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. That's the first phrase. Make your face, and again, imperative. Do it, Lord. Hiffle. Cause it to happen. Cause your face. And the subject has to cause it, and the subject is the Lord. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Wow. I want to see your face shining on me. Moses wanted to see that, but the best he could do was the backside of God's glory. Man, no one likes it when God is hiding his face from his people. The uh, psalmist said in Psalm 13, 1, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? That is a hard thing, isn't it? In Psalm 80 and verses 3 through 7, Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long wilt thou be angry against the prayer of thy people? Thou feedest them with the bread of tears, and givest them tears to drink in great measure. Thou makest us strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. What a thought process. Amen. Goodness gracious. Have thy face. I want to see your face. By the way, many, 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 many hymns have a last verse that deals with going to heaven and actually also seeing him face to face. And I don't know about you, but there's so many times I re- when I actually uh, look at those psalms, uh, those hymns, I think, oh, goodness, how I how I want that more than anything. I want to be able to have the face of Jesus. I look forward to seeing his face. When I think about that, 
uh, I wonder about that hymn, face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? When with rapture I adore him, Jesus Christ, who died for me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes. And that's imperative, but it's in that intensive stem. Teach me. He's back to that again and again. Uh, when he's asking to be taught, we're looking at the word Lamad. Cause me to learn. I want to be taught so that I get it. The very engraven word of God, I want it. But my friend, how bad did he want it? And what was it he really thought about when he was dealing with these uh, wonderful things? Look at verse 136. Rivers of waters he pours out from his eyes. Tears flow. Rivers of waters run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. He looked out at those that were not, I mean, they just were not interested whatsoever and the things that God had, he, they didn't care about his law. They didn't guard it. They didn't heed it. They didn't need it. They didn't want it. And he said, I'd pour buckets of tears that runs down my face because they keep not thy law. And when it says that those tears flow, it's like a complete gusher. It's in the perfect tense. It completely flows down because they completely do not keep guard your law. They have no desire to have anything to do with you. What a horrible, horrible thought. What a horrible situation. He's mourning. He's expressing sorrow because he realizes they're not interested. He wants the presence of God to be able to change the face of those that are there by seeing his face shine. They want, listen, I used to hear the old timers say that, that people would testify in church and their face would glow. I've been in testimony service where there has been glow on people, the glow of God. And I mean, it just radiates and it really gets hold of people without saying a word. And he said, it is convicting. Rivers of waters, I'm convicted because this is happening. I don't like the fact they don't keep your law they're rebelling and it's against the word of God and they don't think anything in just throwing the word of God under the bus and saying it's nothing but man's writing and he said it's causing me such a hard time I go mourning here it is folks the Bible makes it clear the word of God is precious and this precious word of God it's wonderful it's like giving it's longed for it's merciful it orders, it delivers, it's face changing. And my friend, it is convicting. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Encourage our hearts through the preciousness of the word of God that we may have the presence of the living word that would be in us changing our face, shining for the glory of God and being convicting to others who do not want to keep your law and to see them come to a knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying that you have an absolutely wonderful and terrific week coming up. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what
what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every word is true Oh, I believe every word that he said is true I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.